Welcome, welcome, welcome all to the another episode of the Bourbon and Boca podcast. Number 16. Is it 16? Has it been that much? I, I know. <laughs> has, it, has it been that much? It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's terrifying and cool and it, I don't know. I don't know. It's wild. It's been a wild ride so far, Kim. Yep. I'm Travis McQueen, co-host of this podcast and this lady is... Kimberly Garner. You did better this week. You know, you're last, welcome. Last week, you, you seem to forgot your name. I man. know. There's those days. It, it, it's, it's those <laughs> days. Uh, so here at Bourbon and Boca, you know, I th- uh, we've kind of said this, on, I think at least in a roundabout way in all of our podcasts. You know, our goal is to educate people, give some give some criticism, give <laughs> give all the information that we possibly can give that we know of. And then when we don't know anything, we which try most to, of the which is most of the things. Exactly. <laughs> we try to reach out to get people to help us tell those stories and give us that info. And today is no different than any other. We have the wonderful Greg Napoli here with us. Thank you for coming on, Greg. Oh, thank you very much for having me. So, for all those listeners that don't know who Greg Napoli is, you're crazy, okay? Right off the bat, you're crazy. You need to know who this guy is. Uh, he <laughs> is the man with the plan when it comes to huge, huge, huge industry or, or huge companies in the photo industry. Hoya, Tokina, Slick, Cocken, uh, Kinko, and I probably said you say at all least right? two of those wrong. Say. Greg, did I say <laughs> those right? His name right. That's good. No, you got it. You got it pretty correct. Oh man, that's pretty good. It's a miracle. So, Greg, oh man, um, just for starters, man, t- tell us a little bit, a little bit about you and kind of how you got started in photography. Sure. Well, um, just so that we're very clear, we're going to do this very quickly because I'm actually old. <laughs> And, oh no, I'm um, old too. <laughs> so we could spend an hour just talking about that. So we'll kind of breeze through it. But um, I was introduced to photography when I was in high school. Um, I think a lot of photographers are often, at least at my age, where that's where they started to learn um, a little film. bit about it. Um, <laughs> that was back in the day of film, and that was back in the day of dark rooms, uh, which seems to have a little bit of a resurgence now. Um, but, uh, that's where I got, um, you know, cut my teeth a little bit, went Mm -hmm. to college, got a degree in photojournalism from Oregon state university. Oh, wow. Um, then from there, um, uh, long story short, applied for a lot of jobs at small little newspapers, um, around the country where the, the starting salary was around 11, $12,000 a year. And that sounds like a little amount of money um, now. And it was a little amount of money <laughs> then, then. <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, you figure, all right, I'm willing to start, you know, in the middle of nowhere town and, and do that. Yeah. Um, made it to the finals uh, probably six or seven times. And finally, it started to occur to me, you know, I'm making it to the finals. I'm like top two, top three, and I'm not getting the job. And started calling people back and say, Hey, how come I didn't get this job? And, and the response was, Oh, Greg, we loved you. It's great. But you know, we hired this guy who's got 14 years experience. And I went, Oh, well that makes sense. Okay. 14 years experience. Yeah. Except well, for why would you with 14 years of experience, there you go. I was dumb, young, and I didn't know any better. And I, but by the third time I started thinking, wait a minute, 14 years, that puts me 34, 35 years old making eleven thousand dollars a year okay maybe maybe being a photojournalist isn't a good <laughs> career for me so yeah, that, that's a big dis- I, disconnect there yeah that is yeah and i started to go okay well 
you know, whatever. So I ended up getting a job in a camera store. I needed to, to pay my, my dad's rent while I was living at home <laughs> and, uh, uh, got a job at a camera store in Portland, Oregon, uh, pro photo supply. Uh, now are they still in business? They are still in business oh. and, and, and I speak to them regularly and thriving considering all the drama that goes on today. So that's, that's awesome. Um, it is. And really was, I thought I knew a lot about photography and that's where I got my education. Um, spent about five years there, had the, an un, in, unbelievable education. I got to work with a lot of photographers. I got to sell them a lot of stuff. Um, the, it was at the advent of the digital age. So I was right there at the beginning of when, you know, digital cameras cost eighty, ninety thousand dollars um, and had one megapixel chip. <laughs> um, they, I mean, it was just a really a true, awesome opportunity to be a part of that um, transition at a retail level from uh, analog to digital. Yeah. So it gave me a, a great background. And, um, and then I got to work with a lot of amazing photographers. I was assistants for some amazing um, photographers there. Um, got a huge education in, in doing that. And it's also where I got to meet um, and connect with uh, photographers in the sports industry, which is really was always my back was always my passion. I love shooting sports. Um, so I got an opportunity to work, uh, for the NBA, major league baseball and oh, wow. did yeah. that for a lot of years. Um, and, uh, got to experience that transition again from, uh, you know, that industry really had a huge transition in the nineties, um, from as a photographer, you owned your images, mm -hmm. um, to, uh, the, all of those, uh, companies or all of those industries, uh, sporting teams and things, individual sporting teams, as well as NBA, NFL, um, all of those companies owning the rights to those images, um, as well. So you were only allowed to use them for the purpose that you were sent there for. So if you were there for a newspaper, you could, you could not sell them other than, um, within the newspaper industry, um, on the wire and things like that. So a lot of these guys went from making, you know, people who got to photograph Michael Jordan, who got to photograph, uh, all of the major players, Larry Bird. I mean, just go down the list of the nineties. Um, these guys, some of these guys were making millions of dollars a year, wow. um, licensing their images for posters, yeah. uh, trading cards. I mean, take yeah. your pick. I mean, it was just, it was, these guys were making ridiculous amounts of money and it, and didn't disappear overnight, but it, it disappeared pretty quickly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was fun to go through that. Um, that job turned into a job with Nikon, um, Nikon cameras that uh, they're 14 years. Um, the uh, and I learned a ton doing that. It was a great experience. It went from being a technical sales rep to a sales rep to a regional sales manager. Um, got to live, live all over the country and, and travel lots of cool places in the world. So it was a great experience. Um, got a little burned out um, and ended up here where I am now, uh, Kenko Tokina. Um, it is a company um, that owns a bunch of brands. Um, among those, the ones you talked about, Tokina, Hoya, Slick, uh, Coke and Filters, Kenko Accessories, um, and uh, several other products and brands, um, even outside the photo industry. So mm -hmm. it's a... Uh, and it, it's been really a lot of fun. It moved me out to California. Um, so I get to live the, the Southern California dream <laughs> and nightmare. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a mixture of both. But uh, I can tell you this, having lived in the Midwest, and I know you guys experience it, um, weather can be traumatic. Oh, yeah. um, 
Uh, we lived in we lived in Chicago uh, for ten years. <laughs> got to experience tornadoes, uh, ridiculously Blizzards. crazy <laughs> blizzard, thunderstorms, flooding, um, all sorts of crazy things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wind. Yeah. Um, so it it, it it was a really a, a great uh, from that point of view a great transition to Southern California where the weather. I mean, we woke up today, it was a little gray, um, but I could have wore shorts and a t-shirt. So um, (laughs) there's no complaints when it comes to the weather. I I think we're finally getting there in Nashville in in the shorts and t-shirt weather. It's taking Mm -hmm. a little bit, but we're getting there. So yeah, you're, 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 I'll tell you this though. Your definition of when you can wear shorts and t-shirts for Southern California is way different. If we're not in the seventies, it's, they're wearing, still wearing uh, parkas and uh, very different oh, than man. Chicago. It's, uh, they're so thin, thin blooded here. So. <laughs> so, so with, I mean, this is a long, lustrous career. So, with from the day that you, I guess, I guess when you got that the the job at at the camera store in Portland, um, from then to now, how many years has have you been actively kind of within this photography industry? That's great. Um, uh, question. Uh, Math. Uh, <laughs> 10, 28 years, 28 oh, wow. years. That's 28 years. That's so yeah. Awesome. So if everyone wants to know, I'm 52 years old. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 52 years in, in no. one kind of industry or 58 years. He's 52 years old. Okay. 52. 28 years. 28 years. Oh, Travis. 28 years. Got his name right. And now you just. That's why he's a photographer and he's not a bank accountant. Oh, yeah. account. Clearly. So, so this, this 20 plus, now I'll just do that. Leave a pretty big margin of there error. There you go. So this 20 plus year career within the photo industry, you really have to have a passion for this um, or you wouldn't be in there at, at it this long. What's, what was. What kind of keep kept you into this? What kind of kept you hanging? Was it like the the creativity? Was it the community? What was it that really is, and it still kind of fuels that passion? It, I think that for me, I was I am a competent photographer. Okay, one Same. I have great technical. <laughs> I have a great technical background, um, probably because of where I started when you didn't have a, a screen on the back that told you instantly what it was. So it, it, I have a great technical background and I'm a competent photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it is a great creative outlet. I can't draw, I can't paint, um, can't sculpt or do pottery. So it, this was a great creative outlet. So I'm creative in that thing. What I did learn very early on, and, I, and especially at the days at, at Pro Photo Supply when I was assisting these photographers, I knew what I wanted to be. And, and I realized kind of quickly that these guys that were at the top of the game, these guys that were making really, really good money back in that day, these, not only were they only technically amazing, their, their, their creativity is at a level that I just knew I was not capable of competing at. Mm -hmm. And so as much as I wanted to do that, I just kind of saw, you know, my future down the road. And that there's always going to be these young guys nipping at your heels. There's always going to be somebody who's going to be technically better than you. Can I maintain that energy level of creativity? And I realized that my personally, I just, I knew that I was not capable of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I was also really good at sales. Um, I, I enjoyed selling. Um, I don't see selling as what most people perceive the used car sales mentality and things like that. It's, it really is a collaborative effort. It's a, it's a, it's a, 
an effort between the person who wants to buy and the person who wants to sell and, and, and finding these these common grounds of, of communication that at the end of the day makes the person making the purchase feel good about the purchase they're making. Yeah. And um, people who do that and do that well, um, it, it's fun. And so for me, you know, one, I sell what I love. I love photography. I, and that's what you were selling. I mean, yeah. all of these tools, I mean, we have, and we, we are very appreciative. We have the gear geeks that just buy gear Travis. and stick it on a shelf and it looks pretty <laughs> and they show up. I mean, I get it. I, I'm a gear geek too. It's a different industry. Um, and, uh, so I understand that, that concept and we're really thankful because they keep camera companies in business. But it, at the end of the day, it's, it's what you do with it. We're selling photography. And so does your tool do something that another tool can't, or is it a little bit cheaper or is it a little bit better or is it good enough? Um, all of those things are what, what, what you do as a company to try and communicate that to your customers so that, uh, so that they'll, they will, or they won't buy it. But at the end of the day, it's just, you know, I get to sell what I love and, you know, I did a bit of dabbled in other industries and, and, uh, and it was it just wasn't wasn't me. So mm -hmm. that's how I keep the passion up. No, I get it. And honestly, like I will say for me, I I kind of feel that way about photography in my own strength because I look at all these other creatives, all these other people doing big, awesome, great things. And I'm like, man, like I'm getting older. Like I, you know, I can't live out of a truck, you know, like six <laughs> months out of a year. Right. To like you know, like keep this thing going. And I've been trying to find, I guess, my foot in the photo industry still within that, you know, like, how do you overcome that? How do you, know, so, I mean, I, I, I commend you for finding that niche and finding that spot. That, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it's a struggle for me too, because I don't like any of the business part of it. Yeah. I, I just want to take pictures. I wish I was independently wealthy and <laughs> I could just well, listen, do I, every free. time I think of the lottery, everything, yeah. oh, I win the lottery, I'm going to go buy like miles and miles of acreage land and up in Montana yeah. and we're going to have a collective where all of my are all of my friends that are creatives can come and, hey. and not worry about anything. Yep. That's yep. <laughs> well, when that happens, I want to be invited. <laughs> you guys are on the list. On the there, invite. We go. there we go. So this is actually a very good bridge to the next thing. You know, since you were talking about all these, these companies that, you know, that, that you're selling these products to you're, you're selling these really great things. Um, Tell us a little bit more about, about each of what each of these companies are. Okay. So we'll start at the top. Probably the most recognizable brand is, is Tokina for most though. I think, you know, we'll call, we'll call it what it is. Tokina has lost its way in a lot of ways, not because of the quality of the product that they produce, but it's been a real struggle on, on introducing new products. So I think the brand is, is still, um, relevant, mm -hmm. um, we sell um, our specialty and what we're known for is wide angle zooms for yeah. crop sensors. Um, and we have some full frames that are amazing. Like I said, the products that we do build and we do make optically are really fantastic, especially for the money that you're paying for mm -hmm. them. Um, it's just there, you know, just like in any industry is, is where do you dedicate your, 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 your R and D. Yeah. And it, and it, and right now, I mean, there, there's some really cool things on the way, but there's been a lot of false starts. And so, you know, so the brand is, I don't want to say the brand's struggling. We're doing well. It's just not as well as we could be. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's really outside of my realm. I'm not an RD that all is handled in Japan. Um, there's some very, very smart people over there. Um, unfortunately, we, like I said, we've had a few false starts where I think if we could have 
could have made those products come to be, um, we would be in a very different place right now. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's, um, that's the, the, but that the future is, I think is, is really strong for the company. Um, but I think we're another year or two from that really, you know, being able to be seen by the, the general consumer. Yeah. Um, the next is Hoya. Um, now, very this is the one that I love. I, yeah. I love Hoya. I, I made the mistake. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll talk about the mistake a little bit later that I made. <laughs> but uh, but yes, let, let's talk about Hoya because I I, I so, do love you guys. Yeah, Hoya is you know they've been they're an optical glass company. Period. I mean they they cross so many industries. You're gonna find Hoya glass in in things that you wouldn't even know that that have Hoya glass in it. And they and, you know there's they do a lot of industrial stuff. They obviously do work with the eyeglass industry. Um, they do microscope glass. I mean, it just is, it, they, they're a glass company. I went to and they're the largest glass company. I want to be really careful. It <laughs> changes a little bit. But last I, 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 we, we were recognized as the largest glass manufacturer in the world. Optical oh, wow. glass awesome. opti- I take that back. Optical glass manufacturer in the world. Um, big difference between optical glass and window glass. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, that, um, that margin of error, that's all we got to do, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so I think that that's, you know, so obviously a very recognizable brand. I think what's really cool about Hoya is that um, because its roots go back so far in the industry, is that we continue to uh, uh, produce and int- introduce new products that appeal um, to a lot of different types of photographers not Mm -hmm. just now the digital photographer we still maintain our color correction line we still maintain our black and white glass line we still maintain products that appeal to now a resurging in the film industry so um it's a it's a cool it's a cool it's a cool brand to work for it's a cool brand to 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 uh uh market to the u.s market Mm -hmm. it's it's just a cool brand to have um so yeah um, next brand is Slick Tripods. Um, that is a brand that, again, has been around since 1948. Um, started again in Japan. The uh, and they have a whole. I mean, they hold a ton of patents. They hold a ton of, of uh, industry-leading technology um, over the years. Um, by the time it I got a hold of it. It had lost some of its uh, footing here in the United States. Mm-hmm. I think for me, one of the cool things about um, this job is walking in Tokina being a relatively strong band, Hoya being a strong band, but Slick, Slick not being a very strong brand. Um, we've turned that around. I mean, we're still not as big as a Gitzo or a Manfrotto. Growing up in the day, you called Manfrotto was called Bogan. Um, you know, so it's not as big or as popular, not as big is popular some other brands yeah. um that are new to the market um within especially your age group um but we've turned that around i think we've turned it around it's um we it's, it has more relevance in the marketplace than it did you know three years ago and we continue to grow um, yeah. we continue to introduce new products um and here's the great thing about slick it the quality is is top notch all of our stuff I would say all 98% of our stuff is made in either our factory in Japan or is made in our factory in Thailand. Um, We own those factories. Um, That doesn't mean that we don't source um, raw materials and or semi-produced materials from other countries, including China, which is what most people do. Um, But in the end, 
you know, the, the, that the, those the, the important parts of building a tripod are handled in our factories that we own, that we manage and and we support. So it, it's you never have to worry about the quality of the product that comes out of our factories. It, it, it withstands, uh, you know, the abuse that a lot of photographers put it through. Um, it's just a great quality product at a, what we consider a very uh, affordable price. Well, so. I I can for sure say that myself. I, I used uh, the the Gitzo or Moto, whatever those things are called. I've used Manfrotto, yep. and I think I've used a couple of like the the super cheap ones that out of like Best Buy or you collect yep. all the things. Well, I collect all the things. <laughs> um, and and I will say that that my favorite tripod I've ever used was or ever used currently still do is the Slick. I think it's the CF like seven oh eight or seven oh four. Seven something. Uh, that is my my, my favorite tripod. It, it's 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 light enough, but durable enough. I mean, it, it's everything you want plus more. I think I got like the PBH or PB something like tripod head. It's it's really good. So the, the products from Slick, I I think, and I don't know, but I, I think they're better than a lot of what's on the market right now. So that's just my opinion, though. Well, and I think it's. I mean, it, I think it's fair. I mean, listen, there's a lot of great stuff, and and Gitzo and Manfrotto and and those brands. Um, the legacy brands that have been in this industry a very, very long time, they make great products. I mean, come on, it's, it's, it's three sticks yeah. that point, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's a tripod. Um, I think the, 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 I think what you'll find as you spend more money, um, one, you're paying for the brand, you're paying for, you know, that legacy in some ways. Yeah. Um, but those, those products are, are made to a level of precision that are not only designed to work out of the box correctly, but actually designed to work for you for a long time and a lot of the stuff that especially the stuff that comes out of china um not that there isn't good stuff that comes out of china but a lot of the stuff that comes out of china it you know the quality just doesn't it, yeah it's great out of the box it works for a few months or works for a few years depending on how abusive you are with your equipment mm -hmm. and 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 then it starts to fall apart there's little things that just start to not work well anymore and what's great about us um is that we have a full support team here in our offices. We literally carry parts for uh, almost every tripod one that we do currently sell, but we we um, uh, have sold for the last 15, 20 years. Wow. So wow. Um, most of most of the products, you know, most of those things, those parts are serviceable by yourself. We have a great guy here. His name's Glenn. He is he has every schematic for every tripod we've ever had. He knows every single part. Um, he, if we have it, he'll, he can guide you through doing it yourself. And if you don't feel comfortable doing it, you send it in and we'll do it. For so you. if you call customer um, service, you get Glenn basically you get, yeah, Glenn <laughs> is the only person that will be. That's at. amazing we'll, see, though. I mean, but here's the thing with Glenn, Glenn, I've told Glenn, he's not allowed to retire before <laughs> me. So <Poor> guy. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a hard guy to, it'll be a hard guy to, thankfully we're close in age. So, um, but it'd be a hard guy to replace because it's just the, the wealth of knowledge, especially when it comes to slick, yeah. um, but all of our products. So. Um, but that, you, you know, when you call our office, you know, again, we're in California, but when you call our office, um, you're going to get real humans that you That's talk good to, to that, hear. Yeah. that know our product. That is the most frustrating yeah. thing. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I, I love that. There's just the fact that you're able and where, where you're sitting at and within the companies, you're able to say, Hey, I know this guy who's going to do this and it's Glenn, you know, yeah. being <laughs> yeah. able we'll to take like, care of you. Yeah. yeah. Being able to literally have that one-on-one -on -one interaction with the team that, that it shows to me, at least it shows that you're, that these teams uh, and then these businesses are, are very close knit together um, and there's a relationship. And that's, and that's something that a lot of those bigger brands, a lot of those bigger businesses, they don't have. So that's awesome. 
Yeah, it's 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 scale. I mean, just like in any business, it's scale, and it, it, as you get bigger and 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 it's a lot of hard. It's a lot harder to have that personal um, connection with your audience and yeah. the customers that you do business with. And um, you know, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. Um, you know, but I think in the end, our our goal, one hundred percent, everybody in this office, and we're a small company here, and we well, I've got I think about fifteen employees that work out of this office, wow. and then we have um, independent sales reps that work for us outside. Um, but it, yeah, like I said, you know, we do all of our shipping, we do all of our um, receiving, we do you know all of our customer support and order taking, all of that, all of that marketing, all of it's done out of here, and, and uh, so yeah, it's a family here, and um, people have. You know, we've got an employee here that has been here 40, wow. 40 some years. Yeah, he's wow. getting ready to retire. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's, and that's it's a testament cool to the to company, too, if somebody's yeah, going to stick really around is. for 40 years. Yeah, that's that's wild. I'm not sticking so. with you, Travis, for 40 years. It's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us about about Koken, then, because this is interesting, because yeah. they're, they're a filter company, too, as well, right? So yeah, so Koken started in France, I think 1973, and I, I think that's the 73, and um, he, he's the first guy to, to come up with the idea of let's make square filters and put it in a holder um, for general photographers, yeah. and so um, they, at some point, and I don't know exactly when, at some point, um, Kenko Tokina um, purchased Koken. Um, Koken actually changed hands from Koken being originally Koken. Minolta at some point, um, which is a blast from the past. If you know, yeah, Canada, yeah I do. You both of us, our yeah. eyebrows went up. <laughs> yeah. So Minolta bought them at some point, um, uh, or there was a relationship. And then at some point when Minolta disappeared, I think, um, Kenko Tokina, I may be missing somebody in between, um, purchased Koken. Oh, wow. Um, and, um, so yeah, they they they, and so they, they falls under the umbrella. Um, obviously, you can. There's a bit of a theme. There's probably there's one, two more other filter brands um, that fall under the um, umbrella of Coke uh, of Kenko Tokina um, in Japan. And um, yeah, we just it, like I said, we have um, it's just another filter brand. It's it's actually a. a I'm not a square filter guy. I don't have a lot of patience because of my background in photojournalism, mm -hmm. shooting sports and things like that. I move quickly. I'm not a, also not a big tripod guy. I mean, I use them now more than I've ever used them. Um, but it, for me, it's always been, you know, I'm, I have a more of a journalistic style of shooting. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of people out there that will t say, what's the point of square filters anymore? Why do you need um, graduated neutral densities? And, and honestly, I was on that bandwagon when it became our responsibility to sell it here in the United States. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was up, you know, but I, I can tell you this, I am not a, a big editor. I'm not, I, I don't, if I spend more than 15 or 20 minutes on an image, I've, I'm, I've lost interest. Yeah. And so um, I'm competent. Like I said, at editing, I'm not as fancy as a lot of these other guys are. I like to shoot one image, work with that image. I'm not bringing in skies. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. you're a shooter that, that will shoot, you know, six images, at different, you know, basically bracket that image, stack them together, paint in the areas that you want, do your high dynamic range that way. Um, yeah, you don't need square filters. <laughs> um, We've talked about how it's I a mean, different art. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm I'm not knocking that. Yeah, right. It's just different. I, yeah, it's it's 
it, it, I don't have that. What I did learn, and this is kind of the way we've been kind of pitching Koken, is to people that are like more like me, um, that one like to try and capture as much of it in one image as they possibly can. Yeah. Um, not but not afraid to do two images, but you know whatever. At the end of the day, let's try and capture in one image. I like to do long exposures. I like to have a graduated um, neutral density filter to just keep my sky down. Um, you know, so that I capture an image that is um, gives me the full dynamic range that I need yeah. so that I can go in and edit it. Um, they actually do work. And one of the things that I learned really, really quickly is that cameras today are so incredibly smart, so, so smart that it's very hard when you look at a, a, a camera today and they give you, okay, I have a 16-stop dynamic range or a 16-stop or 17-stop. So they, they keep expanding the dynamic range. Yeah. They do that in a lot of different ways. And they do that through what most people don't realize is, is varying tonal curves that the camera is making decisions on during exposure. So even if you, you've set everything manually yourself, mm -hmm. sharp speed after an ISO, camera's still making a lot of exposure changes yeah. to that based on what it sees in the camera. And most people don't realize that. Most people don't realize when you let that camera do the, a lot of that auto stuff, even dropping in a, a graduated neutral density filter, what that does, you watch it on the back of the screen. The, the camera almost freaks out for a second <laughs> because it's, it's like, like no. wait a minute, I've got this thing. And then it actually changes the tonal curve of that image Interesting. and sometimes very dramatically and you'll see detail in that original image that you did not see before now it doesn't mean that you couldn't have gone in and tweaked and pulled out here and pulled out yeah, here but and I don't created do you know four <laughs> yeah. different versions of the same photo to get it yeah but it is pretty cool to watch that happen and um so yeah i mean i mean is it a big category no but it's cool it's cool technology and um you know, by the time people probably hear this, we'll have announced something new um, that's going to be, uh, we think will be announced next week. Um, but uh, that will, let me just put it this way. People who are using um, wide angle lenses mm -hmm. that accept screw in filters will be very thrilled with. Um, there we go. The, the old I'm... adage of vignetting will disappear for most so i'm, I'm liking um, this i'm liking travis this. Is yeah on board. so i'm on board so, so I, yeah, i'm actually so. interested w w with this coking thing then just because you know as i'm getting into more cinematography it is really easy to get a lens like a matte box and then actually drop the square filters in there like that's does does coking have a like a matte box set up for for that or not we yet? don't so here's the here's the difference between um cinema and uh still cameras because there is a bit of a difference now mm -hmm. you can use them it semi-interchangeably but when you go to a max mat mat box um what they normally do is uh those filters are set inside the mat box in a uh, landscape style uh -huh. so the longer edge of that filter is going to read left to right because when you're shooting cinema it's always you not well i don't say always Things have changed. We we have vertical video now. Yeah. But um, but for the most part, that's so so those those filters are manufactured differently. They're usually larger. Um, so right now, Koken does not have that. 
ours, ours are more geared towards still photography. Okay. They are used for cinema. Um, they are sometimes in more less expensive way to get into it. Yeah. Um, but no, there, we, we don't go after that market because one, it's a very, that industry is way different. The, 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 Photography, still photography business and the the motion picture business, um, one totally different languages, totally different needs. Um, their process for setting up a scene and shooting, um, you know, you've seen behind the scenes of yeah. a movie set up. I mean, they'll spend four hours to get a, a twelve second clip. Oh yeah, know, oh, they'll oh spend yeah. Ten days. It's, I ain't about up that for, life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is why movies cost so much, and yeah. why even just regular production cost so much um so it's a little different um but at the end of the day the, the the principles and the concepts are the same so that that's interesting so with all of this stuff and with with all these brands are there is there any kind of i mean i know you just kind of hinted at like a cool thing coming <laughs> but what talk to me about the about the kind of the innovation and the history about this because obviously coming from your background even kim you know she she comes from this film background then you hit digital and then you get all these call like old fil- i'm not calling you old I, i'm just saying you get all these like filter <laughs> options and there's all these other things that's kind of coming coming about what what's been probably your the one of your favorite kind of innovations within within the, the respective companies um that's a great question i think that i think that when you look at when you look at filters across the board and you look at what do people actually need in today's world and if we look at um let's just look at digital as a as a as a category of of what do you really need as a digital photographer mm-hmm. um i think that the what we're seeing come out of both the polarizing end of the business as well as the neutral density part of the the business, Mm -hmm. I think are probably the most important, important things. And um, I think one of the, I think when you look at, especially when you look at neutral density, prior to, prior to, when you look at film, neutral density filters, the most important part of a neutral density filters, did it have multi-coatings? and was the density consistent? Meaning, mm-hmm. when you when you bought a you know a four stop, did it actually was it four stops? Yeah. And um, and I think what you're seeing now is there's a greater level of precision in that mm-hmm. that 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 on the higher quality neutral density filters that you buy, that will um, the the precision is is usually within a third of a stop. Or, or better mm-hmm. um, for most manufacturers. Um, I think the other thing is, is and this is kind of a camera sensors have gotten um, so good over the years, and the, the technology and camera sensors sensors have gotten so good over the years, um, as well as the filters that they put in front of it, that there's a misconception that um, new you you don't need IR protection. Mm-hmm. Um, from and even UV protection um, on digital sensors, which is is absolutely false. Um, depending on the quality of those filters that are placed in front of your uh, camera sensor, yeah, uh, it, th- it can make a big difference. And when it comes to neutral density filters, um, you know, one of the things that we did in our our Solus uh, neutral densities is that we added an, an additional layer 
of technology, which is an IR cut layer. Because um, what happens is regular digital sensors left alone, and the, and the movie industry knows this very, very well, because most of the time the movie industry doesn't put anything in front of their sensors or very few filters in front of their sensors um, to filter that out. So what happens is um, these sensors are extremely sensitive to UV, but very, very sensitive to IR light. Yeah. Um, and so camera companies were smart enough to put sensors to block that. But what happens is when you throw a 10-stop filter on there and you go from an exposure that's, you know, at the most one second to an exposure that's now two or three minutes long, that sensor has the ability to build up. Mm -hmm. IR contamination, especially in the shadow areas. So then you see color shifts. You see all sorts of weirdness um, in your shadow detail, and sometimes it bleeds into your midtones. Um, so it can manifest as magenta. Some, depending on the filter, can manifest as green. Um, so yeah, that. So seeing that technology um, that these engineers are going, wow, what can we do to tweak this um, and make this more? Uh, beneficial to the consumer. Yeah, that's really important. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, people talk about no color shift and neutral density filters. And there, it's, it's kind of, from a marketing standpoint, that's it's the easiest way to, to communicate that to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, but the reality is neutral densities all shift. Okay, they're going to, you know, when we put these on, on, you know, high end technical equipment, you're going to see Every time you throw a neutral density filter in front of a lens, it's going to shift a color. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's now where the, the issue isn't does it shift? It's an issue of how much. how much does it shift and how consistent is it from whatever your range is one stop to 10 stops or mm -hmm. to 15 stops. So, as a photographer, and even as a, especially as a cinematographer, you know you need to be able to predict what it's going to do. So if you know that it shifts a few points green or a few points magenta, that's fine if you know that. Yeah. Um, as long as it remains consistent from one stop to 10 stops. If you throw a, a, you know, let's say you're at three stops and then you want to jump to a 10 stop and there's this huge color shift, that that editing wise is, is a nightmare. nightmare. It's yeah. an absolute nightmare. Oh yeah. And so, so, and no, your camera does not setting your camera to auto white balance and things like that doesn't doesn't correct for that. Um, <laughs> it, it just doesn't. I mean, you're you're going to still see the color shift. You're still going to have to fix it. Yeah. And sometimes, and here's the other the other thing that gets very frustrating when you're talking to people is that oh, we can fix that in post. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, yeah. I mean, the, the, here's the answer is you actually can. If you don't capture it correctly, if color is wrong at the time of capturing you can't create you're it. still dealing you're still dealing correct you're still dealing with when you shift one color to correct for this color you're shifting all the colors yeah it's it's linear it's not this you know where i get to choose and pick and 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 especially when you're doing a video but even still images it's like you're not going to lay 14 layers on top of each other and color grade each layer and then get them all the, I mean, all right, maybe somebody would do that. I would. <laughs> Not me. So I'm lazy. Yeah, I I mean, I'm it's lazy just, and especially if you're dealing with people or things like that. So it's always better to capture it as accurate as possible in camera. And um, no, the camera can't adjust for that. It doesn't actually see a lot of that. Um, yeah. 
at the time of choosing its exposure and tonal curve and all of those things. So this is interesting. And this is one of the story that I, I kind of want to get into because I, I think it's kind of, kind of funny um, in, in a way. Is this what you did to me yesterday? Uh, well, no, no. So, so Kim was taking some <laughs> photos yesterday at a, at a local so place much. and, uh, and her white balance is really off and she's like, I'll just fix it in post. But and I was norm, like, to be no, fair, let me just fix this now. To be fair, <laughs> if I'm shooting people, I'm not like that. Okay, so product photography, you're just kind of like, oh, well, it's it not really my thing. <laughs> All right, so so this is what, what's interesting to me. Um, so one of the things I think as photographers, when we when we kind of get into the world of photography, we always want to start looking for mentors. We look for people that we want to like look up to. And then, of course, those people are then either sponsored by somebody or, or have hookups to certain brands. Uh, one of my biggest influences for myself was Chris Burkhardt. Um, I, I bought all these classes. He used Hoya HD3 filters. And I was like, oh, I need yep. those. I got to have those filters. <laughs> um, and then I seen this little gold band on, on the end of his lens at one point. And, uh, and he switched to Polar Pro. So I was like, oh, well, this must be the, this must be the light at the end of the tunnel. I need to just go right down that rabbit hole. And, and I do that. And then I quickly found that I, all filters are good. But I will say that the HD3s that I had were a lot better. And that's just my opinion on the colors and just everything like that. Um, so then I just made a very expensive mistake. Um, so right. I, I th think that's pretty interesting. And because I, I say that, I just want to bridge this into just how important it is to have influencers and have people work, work well, you know, with brands working with people. And, and how has sales and marketing and all that changed with social media being a thing now? I'm sure back in the day, we all just, yeah, I, actually, no, I, I don't definitely. know anything about anything, but <laughs> it seems like it'd be different. <laughs> so could, yeah, yeah. could you go into some of that? Sure. Yeah. Let, let, we'll, let go, let's go back to your, um, your, your now your your story okay I think that, my, my that, experience yeah i think that i think that one of the things that is is very hard as a consumer today and it, it, it listen i my passion is is fly fishing and um if 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 i could yeah if that would if i could do that every day that <laughs> right, would be, yeah be doing independently it. wealthy got and, it and so but I, and so so I, so i played that i apply that my my psychology there to what we do here so it makes it very difficult to decide because there's a lot of great brands out there yeah and um the gold band brand they're smart guys i mean and they make good product i'm i'm not there's nothing wrong with the product that they produce at all mm -hmm. um but there are differences and HD3, I'll be honest with you, we're trying to get the factory to give us a reason because we want to introduce HD4. Oh, wow. But I'll, I'll, be, I'll tell you this. We're still the only ones that use the technology that's in HD3. That's awesome. And it is very, very different than any other filter manufacturer out there. The process that 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 the factory goes through to produce each of those filters is is truly unique and um and it makes for what your experience is it is truly especially when you talk about the polarizer it is truly one of the best polarizers. it is the best polarizers i've ever used yeah um and uh and like i said we're, we we want to introduce hd4 we're we're we're, we're struggling to find what can we do differently and add to that in a technological way that 
is enough of an improvement to to walk away from HD3. Yeah. Um, we're going to find it, and we we think we have, but it's um, a long way off. It's a long way off, and so don't don't not buy HD3. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, my, my goal. But, but I tell you, it's a challenge. It was so far ahead of everybody, and we still are very very far ahead of everybody in the way we designed and in the technology and that filter. What I'm jealous when we talk about um, the gold band company. Um, <laughs> I love it. The gold band company. <laughs> um, they, their marketing is phenomenal. Yeah. Man, yeah. They, they have they have some truly smart people in that. And and they have resources that I just don't have. I mean, it's it's me and one other guy in here. And most of the time it's it's been me over the years. Um, and that's doing sales, marketing and and uh, and everything else in between. So it's, you know. Their marketing well, like said, people are probably company. 12. Like, yeah. I don't understand any of the social media stuff at all. I, well, I assume I think they're just young. <laughs> it's really not. It actually, no? which bridges, it, it's advertising is advertising. Yeah. I think the, 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 and marketing is marketing, but it's just, what's changed is the speed at mm. which you need to be able to communicate the speed at which you um, have to make decisions on what you want, what do you want to communicate? How do you want to communicate? Then how often, mm-hmm. um, you know, it used to be you sat down with your marketing team or marketing company and you laid out a plan for a year. You went out and talked to all the magazines that you were going to talk to. And you said, we want to buy, you know, $50,000 worth of ad space, a hundred thousand dollars worth of ad space. You did that all at the beginning, whatever your beginning of your year is. And you kind of walked away. Yeah. yeah, that I was it. Mad it was the plan was in. Yeah. It was just done. I mean, you monitored it, you know, but there was no measuring. There's no way to know. The only way you knew is if your sales were good. And well, yeah. was it because of the ads? Was it not? Today, it's all measurable. Mm. It's 100% measurable. Um, and it's in some ways, it's it, not in, it, in all ways, it's way more work. Um, but in other ways, it's so much more rewarding. I mean, if you start a project, you put it out there, the response that you got was wrong, horrible. Yeah. Um, you can flip on a dime, switch it. it. Sometimes it's literally just changing an image out in your strategy. Sometimes it's just changing words um, and you get a totally different response. And so social media type advertising or electronic advertising, man, it's, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. And, um, uh, and it, it, it opens it opens the door for small brands. Yeah, I mean, it would true. it would be impossible for a new brand. It would have been it would have been possible for a Peak Design or a Polar Pro 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, to well, exist today, impossible. And, and I think even for photographers, though, like it used to be, you were the town photographer, and everybody went to you for senior pictures. But now, I mean, I couldn't do what I do without social media. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the uh, I mean, listen, there's a lot of lot of things wrong with a with with social media. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of things, <laughs> but, but and I screenshot end, it and save it. For yeah, later. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's it's. But in the end, it allows people, good people, to communicate in a way that they weren't. Unfortunately, yeah. it's exposed a lot of bad people. Yeah, and yeah. and 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 I think through my experience with it you just realize just kind of how 
when people can be anonymous or even or just semi-anonymous, I mean, they can just be their lonely self and wherever they are with no friends on their Facebook page and 12 followers, how mean people are yeah. and angry they are. And oh, this yeah. is before what we're going through right now with COVID. I mean, it's just, you just kind of go, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's sad, but in the end, I think it's just great. I mean, people like you think about your audience, however big your audience is today. <laughs> we're not going to talk it, about it, that. It <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It doesn't, yeah. you have an audience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very cool. I mean, that's so cool. I would have loved to have these tools when I was, you know, in my twenties and thirties, I, I it would be, I'd have a way different life than I do today. You'd, you'd be fly fishing a lot more, maybe. Maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah, I'd, be, I'd be an influencer for fly fishing. <laughs> I'm working on my influencing <laughs> skills because that seems to be the life. <laughs> so, so speaking well, of like it, the influencers yeah. and things like that, brand I obviously brand ambassadors and all that stuff. It, yeah. It's been a huge portion or it's, it, it's, it's a huge part of marketing now. Um, yeah. So to, as a, as a, you know, photographer who's, who's trying to find his foot and, and other photographers that they're listening that may be in that regard, how, how should they get work with brands or how does it work that brands work with them? How does or that how do you connection? look for people or yeah. do you look sure. for people or do they Great find question. you? <laughs> um, it's really simple. You should you already, if, if you're trying to reach out to a brand, you should already be using the product. Yeah. If Got it. You, if you, and you should be already talking about the product. Yeah, you gotcha. should be just as a regular process of your uh, in, in, influence in your whatever it is that you do. Um, you should be talking about it. It's, you, it's very easy for brands to find an influencer. Yeah. When they're just talking about our products. I mean, it's mm -hmm. very easy if it's a part of their regular communication with whatever their audience is. And um, so my first advice is. One, you should own the product, you should be buying the product, and you should be using it, and you need to be talking about it. Yeah, And um, have a genuine passion for it, I would think, because oh, otherwise, I mean, yeah. be a fan first and then worry about the rest. Exactly, exactly. If you enjoy what you're using, talk about it. I mean, I think that our industry is a little bit different than a lot of industries um, in, in that what I sell and the type of influencers that I need is exactly what Instagram and Facebook and now even Twitter to a certain degree is all about. It's about mm -hmm. images. Right. Yeah. So, so, so when I look at it, when we look at people that we're looking to be ambassadors, one, are they already using the product? And if they're reaching out to us, we get a very quick sense if they're just looking for, free, <laughs> yes, yeah. free yes, stuff. Yes. you know, and we get a good. very quick sense. And, and, and if that's all you're in it for is a free filter, I mean, come on, dude, it's yeah, that's... go buy a filter. I, yeah. mean, it's, yeah. it, it, I mean, we're not selling. You got bigger here. problems I mean, then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm, I mean, we all have our own financial situations, but I mean, if you're, you're pimping yourself out for a free filter, come on, there's, there's better things. You should probably be out there. You should be out there shooting more. I mean, that's really yeah. what yeah, yeah, I'm You should be pimping your, yourself out to actually like, make, I feel you know, I'm trying to think what I've pimped myself out for. <laughs> So, um, and, and I, and, and I, I use that word lovingly because <laughs> that is what you're, you are doing. Yeah. I mean, you are saying I am willing to partner with you in a yeah. business transaction with this company. 
I will exchange in, in our case, mostly free goods Mm -hmm. and the potential to make some marketing and advertising money sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, for us to use your likeness and your audience to sell our wares. Yeah. If you're not, if you're not a gear person that you don't talk about gear, if you're a purist photographer, you're probably not going to be an influencer Mm. in our industry. Um, Oh, go go ahead. ahead. I was gonna say, do you look for people specifically who are influencers or can like the little guy who just is real passionate about it and hashtags every time he, you know, uses it or is it, is it a numbers game where you, that's great, but you are looking for somebody who's already got a bit oh, of an Oh, yeah. Audience. I mean, it's a mixture of both. I oh, mean, I think good. that it's it's a mixture of both. I mean, I'm not looking... Uh, we tend to like the micro-influencer strategy oh, yeah. a lot better. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. um, But, you know, listen, let's, let's, you know, point to... You mentioned Chris Burkhardt. Um, I, I think he's at 3 million or 4 million followers. Gosh. I mean, and and I, I, I know Chris... Um, we worked together when he was an ambassador for us. Um, and he is one of the most, uh, talented photographers I know, but he's one of the smartest business people I know. Yeah. And, um, I think that he treats his photography business as a business first. And if you're, if you follow him and pay attention to him, you'll see that, but you have to recognize with 3 million followers, most of the people that are following him are not photographers. They're people yeah. who just love his adventures, love, mm-hmm. love, you know, whatever it is that he does. So there's a value. There's a, there's a, there's a kind of a, you can't measure that. But to me, I'd rather have somebody who's got 10 or 15 or 20 or 30,000 followers that their photography is really good. They talk about gear on a regular basis. They are already talking about, um, our product, if they do workshops or they are doing something that is are engaging people in an educational way, whether it be a blog or a vlog or whatever it is, if they're podcast. already doing those things, yeah, <laughs> podcast, I mean, no, certainly. Um, if they have an audience, even if that audience is even 5,000 or 6,000, but if they're passionate and you go and look at their interaction and people are asking on a regular basis, well, what filter did you use? Why do you like Hoya? Or why do you like slick tripods? Or, you know, if there's that kind of uh, measurable thing, then yeah, then we consider them for an influencer. So it's, um, it's, it's better to have the actual audience that's interested than 3 million yeah. people, I mean, what, what, but I mean, they're not, yeah. they don't care. I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, look at the Kardashians. I mean, I, am I going to have them hawk a, a, a filter? No. no. Well, maybe man, if I have a, phone, man. a makeup line or if I have a workout line or um, heck yeah, I'll pay their yeah, yeah, yeah. for one post. Yeah. I mean, you'd be an idiot not to. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, go where for us it, as an influencer, if you don't, if you're not in an, if you don't have an educational bent to your oh, mm-hmm. uh, business strategy, then you're probably not going to be a good fit for us. You yeah, need to, that makes you sense. need to, yeah, yeah you got to be talking and about that. And that's stuff. fair too. And there's, and cause at the end of the day, there are so many amazing photographers out there, but there aren't a lot of amazing ambassadors. Well, I and, think that just kind of speaks to the photography as in general. And we've oh, kind of yeah. had this conversation, you know, most, I, I can't say, I shouldn't say, uh, I, I don't know. A lot of photographers are mostly, uh, are introverts and they're kind of closed off kind of in, you know, to themselves a little bit more. And there's the few extroverted people, but I just think that kind of speaks to the industry itself as, 
you know, if, if they're an introvert, they're probably not out there, you know, really on, on Instagram live or on social media or on the YouTube scene. Pimping it out. Yeah. They're not really <laughs> pimping it out or anything. You're just kind of be like, Oh, Hey, I just, I just do good work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. And I think that, I think that one of the things that, that people miss is whether it be our industry or other industries that want to be an influencer. I think it's really important that you, re, you are, you are entering into a, a business agreement with someone and your sole purpose is to help sell product. Mm -hmm. And if that isn't your thing, which it isn't most people's thing, then don't, don't waste your energy trying to be an influencer. You really don't be (laughs) just so good at, be so good at your, be so good at what you do, whatever that may be. And, make money doing that. Yeah. 100%. Don't, don't, don't think, cause there, I'll guarantee you, no one's making money off of being an bass or making a living other than, you know, these, these massive influencers that can charge a million dollars for a post. I mean, yeah. um, you know, it, it, that's a whole different world. And if you can be in that world, I applaud you. <laughs> because I know, I'm jealous. Man. <laughs> I'm too. super jealous. <laughs> so, but, um, but I think the, the, for the people that we're talking to on this, I mean, just, be good at what you do and love what you do. And if you're into gear and talk about gear, then you might find, you might find people willing to support you and, and be an ambassador. And here's the other thing at the end of the day, I'm only going to work with people that I like. Yeah. And um, <laughs> just because we say no, just because we say no, doesn't mean that we don't like you. But certainly, 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 I don't need drama. I don't, I don't need, we don't, we don't have the time for it. We just want to work with people that are fun to work with that love, love our brand and, um, and they're passionate about what they do. Communicate uh, well. I'm just adding that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's (laughs) huge. So with that being said, do you, are there any, like any one creative or is, is there any one creative that, that probably your favorite that you've worked with over the years within these brands? No, you can't say that. No, no, sure. I mean, listen, oh, I think, I think no, no, no. Listen, I think that, I think that we work, I work with a lot of, we've really done a great job of hand selecting uh, the people that we work with. And, and, and what I like about the way we do our agreements with people, uh, it, yes, there's a, there's a document that you sign and that's more, more to protect you and protect us. Um, but it really is a handshake agreement. Um, when when it's no longer a good fit for you or it's no longer a good fit for us let's just shake hands and go away friends and yeah. and realize that it's just no longer a good fit you've changed i mean we've had photographers that are starting um, amazing landscape photographers and they were a, a perfect fit for the brand and then they shifted they shifted because that's what you do as a creative they shifted yeah. to to movies or they shifted to you know shooting portraits or whatever it may be and it's no longer a good fit for that i mean a slick tripod yes is it used for portrait work but and we do have photographers that that's what they use for all of their commercial portrait work um but if you've gone from a style of hand holding and you know you're probably not a slick ambassador anymore um you know maybe we can figure out maybe you'd be good with tokina or maybe if you're using filters you'd be good with hoya um that's our 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 advantage uh, as a company we can maybe shift people to different brands mm-hmm. um so we've had people come and go um but i'll tell you our um i guess our first official 
think he would be our first official ambassador is Stan Moniz. I think he, Stan. you had him on your show. Stan. We were um, hoping for we that did. transition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stan, so Stan is, is, is really the man. And I, I know that me and you've kind of had a, a phone call before this kind of, you know, I was trying to uh, talk you into coming on this podcast. <laughs> um, you know, Stan, just what he does, his passion, his energy, um, all of that stuff. I just think it, it, it he's really it just exudes that it's very humble it's it's educational and you know that he obviously he uses the products and he believes in them so i mean he's he's just a he's a catch he was episode seven he was episode seven (laughs) we had to look it up (laughs) the uh lucky number seven yeah Yeah. um so i'll I'll tell you this i think that what's interesting I'll, i'll give you a little short story about stan so stan was introduced to me by um Alan Love, who's the owner of Aquatech Imaging. Um, Aquatech makes um, underwater housings for, they started out as, you know, surf industry, but that's, and that's what they're most known for is, is surf photographers. Um, they make underwater housings for those, for those mm-hmm. products. They also now have gotten into iPhone um, uh, housings, which are awesome. I take with me when I go fishing. And um, th- th- so they're, and it, we were, um, we went to uh, BJ's restaurant. I remember this vividly, downtown Huntington Beach. We show up, we're sitting in the bar, Stan shows up. And um, instantly there's an energy about Stan that um, what you see on uh, on Instagram mm-hmm. yeah. is, is Stan Moniz. Yeah. Um, it, 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 he is one of the most tireless people I've ever met. I've never, I, I've never met a person with more energy and yeah, stamina he seems like a than, than, than Stan. <laughs> and and I'll, I'll, let me go get back to that. But what was really interesting is that Stan was doing some work with um, Aquatech. Um, he had, I think, switched from Sony, um, their old NX, you know, mirrorless cameras, which, mm-hmm. you know, and then, which no one was using at the time, but Stan was using that. He was switching to Nikon. Um, we had our 11 to 16. Um, Aquatech had a housing port for that, blah, 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 blah. And basically, Alan said, hey, give this guy a lens, and and I promise you, you're going to be really happy with what he does with it. <laughs> and we really didn't have an ambassador program there. I mean, we were kind of starting that. We'd already talked to Chris Burkhardt. I think we'd given him some Hoya filters, which he was already using, but he needed some for a trip. So, um and so, so Stan was right there at the very beginning of this. So Stan comes to the office the next day, picks up the 11 to 16. I don't know. It's about noon, one o'clock. And um, by the time I got home that night, so let's say seven o'clock or so at night, Stan had already got in the water, <laughs> shot with it, shot sunset, and edited them edited them and sent them to me um and i can't tell you how impressive that is when you're a company that's handing someone a five six hundred dollar lens and um and it wouldn't matter if it was a two or three thousand that the immediate response yeah is i went out used it here are some examples of what i just did with it I wish I'd saved those images. I wish I had those as a, as a, as a, I could call it an, I'm sure he does and make money off of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> so, but the, uh, I think that, I think that you, 
I think that that was the beginning of what has, you know, is certainly a fantastic business relationship, but it also has turned into a, a, a great friendship. I value Stan at so many different levels. Um, he's absolutely the genuine article. Um, I know there are people out there that, that don't enjoy Stan, and it certainly understand that from a personality standpoint. But this guy will. Well, we don't like that. Of <laughs> Who's <People> that? Will, <laughs> yeah, and there are. I mean, well. we, unfortunately, in the world, and there's people that don't know him. I mean, yeah. that's certainly you know. And when you do app marketing things with it, you you would. It is unbelievable the things co- comments people make on ads. I mean, we're, we're daily shocked at what people invest any energy into saying on an ad. I can't even imagine what it must be like for some of these large brands. That is um, wild. It is unbelievable. People are, like I said, lonely, sad, and angry. <laughs> <laughs> In quarantine, <laughs> and so they're that, real that, cranky. <laughs> but I think that I think if you look at Stan, you look at the body of work that he does. I think it's really fun. I every once in a while will go back and look at, you know, he though he's cleaned up his Instagram account a little bit, um, going back at where he started. And I honestly recommend people from at least from a manufacturer's point of view don't do that too heavily. Um, it's really cool to see a history. Mm of yeah. a photographer of where they were five years ago and where they are today. And did they grow? I mean, I think that's a really cool thing to see in someone's Instagram. Um, the, um, but I think you, you have to realize Stan is, is, you know, he speaks about every product that he sells with, with, with you know, sincerity. Yeah. Um, he only uses our product, which is what we say to all of our products. If you don't enjoy it and don't like it, that's fine. You either we find you something else or we move you on to a different product. Yeah. Um, or, or we move on and we don't do business together. Um, but I think that if you look at Stan, um, you know, he is constantly educating. He's constantly telling people about where he is, what he's doing, the products he's using, why he uses it sometimes. And that's what you want in an ambassador. You want an ambassador that's engaging that way. So, um, you know, and that's what we look for. I mean, Stan is the epitome of the type of person we're looking for when we do it. He is, he's the benchmark, which we, we look at everyone else that we bring on. And we've, we have no found pressure. others. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, 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 pressure no. Else. I mean, no, no, no. It's not, it's not an issue of living up to that. It's yeah. just like, we know he, it works. Yeah. We yeah. know that what he does works. We know that his, he influences people. Yeah. i.e. why you call them influencers. So <laughs> um, I think that that's, and we found others like that. It's super fun when you do find those people. Um, um, and usually they find us. They find us because they're already using our products and they already like it and they already talk about it. So Yeah, 100%. Well, Greg, this has been awesome. We really do appreciate you coming on the podcast. But in closing here, can, can you tell us, you know, just, just a couple more ways that how we can kind of get in tune with more of, of Tokino, Hoya, and Slick, and, and just maybe plug some more things. I mean, you know, has Hoya got anything coming out? You know, <laughs> Hoya? Yeah, what secrets you got? <laughs> I mean, the, the one thing that's hard with filters is, is that once you build it, it kind of lasts a long time. So yeah. what is, what's new and what is, where's the market going? And, um, so yeah, there's new products coming. Um, I don't know if we'll have any this year, but yes, there's new products coming and you that's can awesome. find us on Instagram. Um, that's the, where most people will find us. Yeah. We're at Hoya filter USA. Um, we are the USA division of, 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 of Hoya. 
um, filters. I want to be very clear. We're not responsible for eyeglasses or anything else. Um, the, uh, so that is uh, where you'll find us for Hoya. Slick, we have a constant um, uh, supply of new products coming. Um, a lot of new cool stuff this year, especially geared around creators um, that need to work from home. Um, we've got some really cool, cool products on uh, one already out there um, and then more on the way. And uh, you can find us again at Slick USA on Instagram and uh, Tokina. You can find us at, you guessed it, Tokina USA. Um, Consistency. The, uh, so, and, um, and Koken, same. Uh, we are actually Koken Filter. No one owned that already. It was amazing that there was no Koken Filter. Um, obviously, the headquarters in France um, owned Koken, mm-hmm. but Koken Filter was not taken, so we took that. Oh, nice. So you can find Koken Filter there. Um, you know what? I really had a great time talking. No, we no, appreciate we, we it. Had, we had yeah, a great time. Really do appreciate it very, very much. And I'm welcome to, I'm very happy to get back on board, but next time we're going to do it in the evening where we can do Urban? the second part <laughs> oh. <laughs> of your, your, the name of your podcast. Oh yeah. yeah. There, there we go. <laughs> I was, was right. The bourbon <laughs> part. Scotch drinker. <laughs> oh, and, there you uh, go. We can sip bourbon and scotch, and this podcast will get a little crazy. I thought you were going to say in California, and Travis and I are like, oh, you down, guys are we yeah. totally you guys come. Are welcome. We'll do this in person. <laughs> there yes, we go. Yes. In person, for sure. Well, Greg, <laughs> it's been awesome, man. We, we will see everybody on the next episode of the Bourbon and Boca podcast. See ya.